The following Dharma Talk was recorded live in Raleigh, North Carolina on the 31st of July, 2011. This is Rujo Jeffess. We're looking for our online listeners to help us out. If you stream or download an MP3 or podcast, please consider making a donation to support this effort to share the Dharma. We are glad to offer these files for free, and we would be grateful if you would go to our webpage and make a secure donation to the temple via PayPal. So, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here today in Raleigh. Uh, this Dharma talk will be, is being recorded, as you all just witnessed me going to get the recorder. Uh, so, it'll be online. The, the text will be online probably this afternoon, uh, because as soon as we get done here, I'll go ahead and post it live, but the audio won't be matched up for a few days. So, uh, this morning, since I'm in Raleigh, with one, two, three, four, five, six, counting myself, seven people, six people not counting myself, really a wonderful group here. Uh, So, I would like to thank all the folks in Raleigh for a wonderful weekend. It was really great last night having dinner. We spent time with the families and friends who are either practicing the wonderful Dharma of the Lotus Sutra or who support uh, family members who are practicing and even guests last night, Valerio, so it was really nice. So we had a wonderful dinner and I was able to meet many new people who are striving to practice the Buddha Dharma and realize an enlightened life. Today we we gathered here at the home of Cristiano and Denise and celebrated the Lotus Sutra this morning by reciting the Sutra and chanting O Daimoku together. It's been several years since I first uh, met or spoke with Cristiano and Denise. They both had, uh, at, the, at the time, they both recently discovered Nichiren Buddhism and were interested in an alternative way to practice from the group they were originally uh, meeting with. They sought out a more spiritual approach and one that centered Nichiren Buddhism squarely on the Lotus Sutra. Sometime after our first introduction, the two of them took vows at our temple in Charlotte, Yoshoji, and became officially members of Nichiren Shu. Yes. So, I remember clearly some of my first conversations with Cristiano and Denise. They were lonely and desired others to practice with them. You could say that they truly understood the importance of and missed practicing with a community of fellow believers. I know today there are many of you who are watching this live stream from many remote locations. And there are folks who practice in our stream from way down in Key West, uh, Florida, in the Miami area, even now Puerto Rico has a family there that joins us. We have folks, of course, from South Carolina in the Spartanburg area, the mountains of North Carolina. There's Ashley here today who joins us from the Wilmington area, Beulahville to be exact. Uh, There are a couple of folks in the Washington DC area who join us and in New York. And occasionally we have folks join in from Great Britain and South Africa. So we're uh, truly all over the place with our stream. We probably have one of the most active streams of all the uh, Nietzsche and Shu there's only two that stream their Sunday services, and ours is probably the most widely viewed because <coughs> we uh, do so regularly. We do it regularly. So today, uh, since I'm here in Raleigh, the folks who live and practice at the temple are joining us uh, online to experience what many of you experience every week. 
Our temple services go all over the place to support many people in a variety of areas. In my many conversations with folks who live remotely from the temple, probably the question I am asked most often is about building a sangha, about cultivating a community of people with whom to practice the Dharma with. You all truly understand the value of practicing with others of like minds. Since you all know the benefit of a sangha and most genuinely desire a sangha or community to practice with, let me move on to how we build a sangha. First, of course, you should work closely with a teacher. That could be uh, myself if you're interested in practicing Nichiren Chu Buddhism. And since lots of people are hearing this, uh, uh, I'm just making for everybody. So it could be me if you're interested in Nichiren Chu uh, Buddhism or another Nichiren Chu priest. That's uh, perfectly okay, whoever you choose of your liking. Or you may wish to practice in another tradition. And so you should seek out the appropriate teacher in that tradition. So, that taken care of, you need to attract people to your sangha. Uh, this isn't as hard as it sounds, though it isn't easy either. And it does require determination and perseverance. Thich Nhat Hanh, in his book, Friends on the Path, says, quote, It's like the thesis of the popular, popular American movie Field of Dreams, based on W.P. Uh, Kinsella's novel Shoeless Joe. If you build it, they will come. But remember, even in Field of Dreams, they did not come running as soon as the little baseball field was built. The baseball players came in ones and twos and threes. The neighboring, the neighboring folks in Iowa, the neighboring Iowans, were skeptical and it took a long time to see and understand the baseball field for what it truly was. End quote. So it is with our struggle to build sanghas and spread the dharma of the Buddha will be difficult. But I'll tell you here, people building sanghas in their communities is the only way Buddhism will spread. As you know, I'm only one person and can only really be in one place at one time. The folks here in Raleigh have worked hard over several years, gradually building a small group uh, to practice together with. It isn't easy, right? It's not easy. And they can tell you, uh, people don't come flooding in. There are times when it's discouraging, and at times it seems there are setbacks. I experienced the same thing at the temple. It's been four years uh, to temple. Growth has been good, and it's been steady. But there were and are times when it has been just myself, or maybe one other person, there's no easy way except through consistent and persistent effort. So you may wonder about your own abilities, thinking to yourself, I'm not a priest, how can I build a sangha? It may be on some level none of us is qualified as we may wish to be. I'm not the perfect candidate to build a sangha or start a temple. I'm, I'm not particularly smart nor am I young, definitely, obviously not young, and many other things could, uh, could, could be held up as making me unqualified. Still, we must try if we truly wish to carry out the Bodhisattva vow to save all other beings even before ourselves. Continuing further with what Thich Nhat Hanh says, in our aspiration 
in starting a Sangha is, uh, if our aspiration in starting a Sangha is to make mindfulness practice or chanting O Daimoku, the benefit of the Gohonzon and the Lotus Sutra, available to others on a consistent basis in a caring way to transform suffering and stress and to create a spirit of sharing and mutual learning and growth. If it's that, rather than to become a famous celebrity Buddhist or self-help guru on the lecture circuit, then it is possible for us to succeed. The intentions of genuine Sangha builders are described this way in the, po in the poetic Avata, Avatma Saka Sutra. Not seeking objects of desires or positions of authority, wealth, personal enjoyment, or fame. It is only to forever annihilate creatures' miseries and to benefit the world that they arouse their will. Let me read that poem again from the Avatma Saka Sutra. Not seeing objects of desire or positions of authority, wealth, personal enjoyment or fame it is only to forever annihilate creatures miseries and to benefit the world that they arouse their will in quotes so I again continuing on with my words I have known people who have wanted to start a sangha who have done so out of a desire to have a position of authority or to have people look up to them as something special and so far they have all failed miserably and, and have moved on. If you seek these things, you will be disappointed because people will see through those things. Depending upon how clever you are, it may be longer before people see through you, but they eventually will. The people I have known have not been that clever, and so they have failed and become discouraged and moved on to some other scheme very rapidly. Whether, so, again, these are just general instructions for Sangha building, things that I've, you know, uh, over time, you know, shared a little bit with Cristiano and other folks who are watching. I've, you know, talked to you about this. But I bring this up, and I'm really diverging from my script here. But I bring this up because this is how Buddhism will spread, one by one, not through just me, because I can't be everywhere, but by groups of little people getting together to build a Sangha and then to the best of my ability I can support those things. So going back to my script because uh, you guys want to get out of here. Whether you choose to put out some advertisement or not is up to you but I don't feel that to begin with it is necessary and it can in fact become a burden because then you have to maintain it. So, all the temple at the temple we did that for a short while and our results were limited. Occasionally people did come, but most often the results were small. Of course, we have a physical building, which I'll admit is a big advantage when people go looking for a practice community. But to begin with, it may be easier to just share your feelings with friends and see which ones seem receptive. Perhaps it's a co-worker, or perhaps it's a waitress or a clerk in a store or a restaurant. You all have come to know each other through a variety of means, not through advertising, but just from people you've met, people you've met, and it begins that way. 
So, you can share your beliefs, perhaps you can share your beliefs in a very casual, non-threatening way. It's easier to talk to friends. You don't have to try to be impressive because they already know you're not impressive or maybe they already think you're impressive but you don't have to be anything you just be yourself you can just relax they know if you stutter if you stutter they know if you repeat yourself repeat yourself repeat yourself repeat yourself they know these things already so you don't have to hide them okay you can be yourself and so you can talk from your heart whereas people you don't know you have to you know, it's like I have to be the priest when people come into the temple. But I've learned, just be myself. I screw up, I screw up. You know, I'm old. I, I can get away with it, okay? So, <laughs> all right. So, we got that out of the way. All right. So, I'm sure you've all met people. You've found it easy to confide in. Or maybe they've found it easy to talk to you and tell you about their problems or their dreams. Maybe we've even met people who have expressed an interest in learning more about Buddhism once they found out we practice. At first, they may not be comfortable coming to your home to practice, but you can meet them in a coffee shop or a diner and chat with them over some beverage in a low-key, non-threatening way and talk to them about Buddhism. Share your thoughts and feelings. I'm not a scholar. You know, I mean, Neil knows first fact. I mean, you know, I, I'm not like, you know, some of the priests in Nichiren Shu who can, you know, quote you the sutra and that sutra. I don't know that, okay? I'm just me. I just practice Buddhism. I, I, I try to speak from my heart. I don't have a big head. I mean, maybe it is big, you know, like arrogant kind, but it's not full of anything, okay? If, it, if it's big, it's just empty air, okay? So, so you know, I... But I... I try to answer questions from my heart, from my feelings, from my experience. Okay? This is how we can talk to people. This is how we can share Buddhism. Okay. You can give them some literature. And again, I'm speaking for everybody, not just the group here. You can give them some literature, which you can always see me about helping you with. Or you can print something off the blog and share with other people. Over time, they may be more willing to come and chant with you and begin to learn to recite the sutras. Brittany, you didn't know these folks before, right? So it's kind of strange coming over to their apartment. But, you you know, but now it's okay. You know, kind of, sort of. So, you know, it happens slowly but surely. All right? So you can print stuff off the Internet or see me about, again, this goes out to everybody. Uh, lots of people have asked me about it. It's up to you to do this. I, you know, I can't come to podunk whatever town such and such xyz and start a sangha there i'm busy starting a temple in charlotte okay so so i need your help all right so we got to do this together and uh so you know if you're all by yourself practicing and you want a group of people to join with you this is how you do it this is how you did it i did it at the temple this is how i'm still doing it this is how the folks here in raleigh are doing it this is the way it'll get done. Because if you wait for me to come there, trust me, it's going to be a long time. And I'm not that good, okay? I don't just wave a wand and people appear. You know, Cristiano and Denise can tell you that. You know, none of you all appeared because I waved a wand, okay? Um, anybody here because I waved a wand? Okay, no, okay, good. So, so over time, they'll be more willing to come and chant with you and begin to learn to recite the sutras. And over time, you can slowly build a group of like-minded people to chant and practice together. 
It doesn't have to be complicated. It does require consistent effort, an effort done with great joy. And here's the key. After all, you have a wonderful opportunity to share the Dharma with other people. What greater joy can there be? Don't be discouraged, though, if at times your efforts don't seem to be paying off. There will be times when even with your best efforts, no one will show up, right? It's happened. It happens. It happens at the temple. You know, service, you're going to open up the doors, you get the candles lit, the incense going, lights on, fans, all this other stuff, and no one comes. So what are you going to do? You just practice the Dharma. That's what we do. All right? We do that with great joy. We're going to practice whether people are there or not. We practice with our heart. Okay? Remember, each person lives a complicated life, just like you do. You have made a commitment to the Dharma, something they may not have done yet. So be patient and compassionate. Okay? This isn't really about you. It's about sharing the Dharma. It's about the Dharma. That's why I tell people at the temple, again, I'm diverging from my script here, but that's why I tell people at the temple, we're not here to convert people. When you try and convert people, then it's your, it, you're trying to be the clever mind over their mind. You're trying to be smarter than they are. You're trying to be trickier than they are. And then it just becomes a mind game. It becomes about wills. Oh, how can I twist my words so this person will cave in? And then it's a, it's a relationship between minds. It's not a relationship between hearts. It's about how smart I can be. How much I can get over on you. Even if it's a good cause. You know, we're trying to convince people to, talk, to uh, practice the Dharma. That's a good cause. But when it becomes my mind over your mind, and not my heart opening up, and just being myself and let you take what you want, then it's a true gift. You know, how many people like to get the gift that says, you can have this, but you have to do something for me? Anybody like that kind of gift? No. We like the kind of gift that says, you can have this in joy. No strings attached, right? We don't like strings attached gifts. So if you can really treasure each person, those who show up and those who do not, then when you see any of them, you'll be able to express your great joy and celebrate their lives freely as Buddhas. They will know whether you are harboring a grudge. So try to cherish each person, no matter how they are able to practice. You know, I'm not perfect at doing this, but we try. You know, you, you, you get disappointed sometimes. It's natural. It's human nature. Again, deviating from script. Um, but we have to try to keep in mind that it's about sharing the Dharma. It's about our love for the Dharma, not about what people give to us. It's not about whether people respond to our invitations or our plans or our schemes and all this other stuff. It's about sharing the Dharma. And any opportunity that we have to share the Dharma, we should have great joy. Going back to script here. Again, it isn't about you. It's about them and the Dharma. Folks come to a Sangha for the same things that you seek out. And why you build a Sangha. They come for nourishment and support. Learn to treasure their presence as a gift. 
So since we want people to join in practicing the Dharma because it's good and will benefit them, we have to be conscious of our own excitement also. <coughs> Quoting again from Thich Nhat Hanh. Sangha development sometimes ironically occurs in inverse proportion to its leaders' overt zeal to build it. This kind of overt zeal is a wear-it-on-your-sleeve type of missionary ambition to change the world, to convert people, end quote. So again, sometimes the more excited we are, the more harm that does. Okay? Because we oppress people. You know, how many people have been around the person that's just like too happy? You know, that person's kind of sometimes a little bit over, overboard, right? You know, we say, oh, that person's a little overboard today. You know, kind of back off, you know? <laughs> Slow down, you know? <laughs> Give me half the smiles, you know? Okay? So, and then, you know, but we also don't like the person that's like the sponge that needs stuff, right? So we don't like the... You know, it's sort of like, you know, we don't like the, the full sponge that's like you touch it and it just, you know, all this cold water comes out. We don't like that sponge. We don't like the sponge that just sucks up all the water. We like the sponge that's kind of just right, right, when we pick it up, okay? So, same way with this. You know, it's like the, the, the so, no. So, it is this kind of zeal that will ultimately drive people away from a sangha. They will feel uncomfortable and they'll feel that, that, they, that there are unfair and undharma-related expectations being placed on them. So we need to always keep in mind our joy at having them practice the dharma, even if only one at a time. So it's kind of difficult. You know, we don't want to go, Oh, you're here? Wow, wonderful, great, good, good, good to see you. They're going to, whoa, okay, back off. But we want to appreciate them. And if they don't come, we don't want to say, Where were you last week? How come you didn't come? Okay? We don't want to say that either. But we also can't say, oh, I missed you last week. Thank you for not coming. So we have to you know, be conscious of who we are and how we are. Just be ourselves. Okay? Just be ourselves. Keeping in mind that the gift they give us by taking the time to hear the Dharma is precious. And we should cherish it for what it is. They're not obligated to us, but we are to them and to the Dharma. Because this is how we think. So our commitment, our promise. So, again, quoting from Thich Nhat Hanh, <clears throat> true field builders don't become discouraged. Well, maybe they do a little bit. That's my word. So, back to his quote. They just practice. They make sitting and walking meditation, chanting Odaimoku, available to those who find them to be skillful means to transforming suffering. And they're happy to do it. And that's all. That's all it is. They don't worry excessively about where other Sangha members are or fret about how they are not contributing. The missing Sangha members may be engaging their mindfulness practice with a needy loved one, a daughter or a wife, with a sick friend at the hospital, or with a lonely child utilizing skillful means they learn from the Sangha. So just because they're not here doesn't mean that they've forgotten Buddhism. Just like you all, when you know, when you're busy, when you're not able to maybe get up and do morning gongyo like you would want to do, but it doesn't mean you've forgotten Buddhism. Maybe you chant while you're driving down the road instead. You're still the Buddha's child. You're still the Buddha. 
just because you didn't do gongyo doesn't mean it's like so someone doesn't come one day or two days we have to remember that maybe they're practicing their Buddhism someplace else those days okay and finally on the last page okay so there is much more I'd like to say uh, about this very important subject of Sangha building however Today I've talked long enough, and I will be sharing more on this subject in the coming weeks. But today I've given you an important thought to consider. I encourage all the folks in the outlying areas to consider building their own sanghas. This doesn't need to be some huge effort, but should come about naturally as a part of your day-to-day practice. Let it come naturally as an expression of the profound joy you experience in chanting the Odaimoku. Let us work together to spread the wonderful dharma of the Lotus Sutra. Thank you all again for joining in today's service. Thank you. And so, um, let me uh, let us chant um, let us chant O Daimoku uh, three times together, so I can end the recording, and then uh, we'll still be on screen. And I'd like to introduce everybody to the folks that are online. So I'll do the first O Daimoku uh, uh, by myself solo, and then everybody join in on two and three. Namu Byo Denge Kyo Namu Byo Denge Kyo Namu Byo Denge Kyo Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.